0: Hello, Nod3 Podcast listeners and likers of the Awkward Throw Clear. This is your host, Aaron Chalupa, aka the Chalupa Cobra. I'm introducing episode 26. This is what I call a pilgrimage of remembrance. My friend Colin Eisner and I are still traveling Europe. We hit up Belgium in Yper and then make our way to Vimy Ridge area. For Remembrance Day or Armistice Day and we explore the region and its memorials and monuments. Uh, very humbling, very sobering and really hard to grasp what um, those were those who were here saw and witnessed and experienced. We do the best we can Um We talk about stories of meeting veterans or those who are serving um, and then just meeting people that are also uh, traveling and making their way around the region as well. Uh, I really hope that you enjoy this podcast. It's not so much of a funny ha ha. Uh, It's one of my typical getting... um, Just... Trying to, you know, really appreciate what people have to say and what they think about, you know, heavy situations like this. So, I really hope you guys enjoy this. I'm sorry if you find it boring or slow or you can't really relate to it, but it it means a lot to me. Um, I I really, 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 really love Remembrance Day. Um, I've been to Remembrance Days across Canada um you know fall is a very uh important time to me to travel around so i've been to uh, in november 11th i've almost been in a different country or province ever since i turned 18 so i i really do make a point of being somewhere for remembrance day for hopefully for a ceremony if not at least a war monument or something and take a little moment for myself so i hope you really enjoy this um we're going to have an interesting podcast following for episode 27 so be sure to tune in for that, That's a bit more high energy and uh, (laughs) full of swears (laughs) so yeah, this is episode I said 26, right? 26? 26 yeah, thank you Colin, Uh, this is episode 26 I hope you enjoy it, Uh, Pilgrimage to Remembrance uh, with myself and Colin Eisner thank you very much, enjoy Hello everyone and welcome to the Art <coughs> the awkward throat clear. Now here's your host, Aaron Chalupa. Bonjour, mesdames et messieurs. Amateurs de la non après Trump, poker okay. et aime les gars de l'honneur. Le cher, mon nom est Aaron Chalupa. La and I'm here with my friend Colin Eisen once again. Hello, Colin.
1: Bonjour, monsieur. Comment ça va?
0: No, ça va très bien. Et tu? Bien, monsieur. that's good. <laughs> I was gonna say wunderbar, but you know, like this, this is where it gets yeah, confusing. Perfect. Is because is it, like I'm just gonna jump right off to it. Uh, it it's it's funny because I'm so. Detached, I would say, from learning French from high schools, because because yep. I started learning uh, French in high school uh, in grade seven. Uh, you 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 grew up in Ontario. You were after grade thirteen, yeah. So I went
1: to grade
0: nine. Grade nine. No, no, no. But I mean, like when you were in high school, you didn't have to worry about grade thirteen, correct?
1: Yeah, no, yeah. We, we, Th- that that was chose.
0: a that we was a that you. was a thing in Ontario yeah. at some point. Yeah. 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 So. Um, yeah yeah so what, what i would from grade seven to grade 12 because like you we had to go seven to nine for french and even then it was quebec french which is not <laughs> french french nope. as we know here um you know not 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 saying anything bad about quebec french like we had such a good time there and you know it's, it's very unique and everything but you know, let's, let's be honest it's not you know, French over here, French. No,
1: there's
0: not. So, um, I had the option to take French class in senior high. It's from 10 till 12. And that was, I don't want, <laughs> je m'excuse mademoiselle, oh, sorry, madame Meston. Um, but it was an easy class, you know, you show up, you get good marks, you show enthusiasm, you get good marks. And she was a very enthusiastic teacher. Um, and she would give very easy questions. You know, you just, it should give you a, it should give you, a, I, I was showing my hands and it's showing like three inches of work, like stacked mm-hmm. paper yeah. and you fill it all out, but it's very simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, even our <laughs> final exams and our diploma was very, uh, very simplified, but it could, it, it, even graduating with, I think I had a 79 and uh, uh, French 30, which was grade 12 French. I don't even think I would be able to keep a conversation with um, a fluent uh, francophone at that time mm-hmm. which wasn't good like that's just going to criticize our um curriculum in alberta at least
1: yeah i was just gonna say since you're so far north i mean there's there's, there's we actually varied. have a very yep.
0: we, we have a very uh francophone community close by but again it's uh quote unquote franklish mm. you know like uh, sunny valley or no, not sunny valley sorry my uh, my, my bad um we yeah. have Guy, uh oh, saint yeah. isidore yeah, yeah, Filer, yeah, yeah. all that uh and even then, that, that French is so different than, Super broken. than Quebec French or Ontario French even, or even Acadien, you know, it's, it's so different, so, so, so very different, even Métis French. Like, it's very, very different. Yeah, and
1: then significantly different from here in Avion, France. yeah uh, where?
0: Well, I couldn't say anything more true. Uh, yeah, so we are in uh, Avion, France, uh, right close to... Lens, uh, not too far away from Amiens. Um, and then for battle locations, we are right next to Vimy Ridge for all Canadians. You should know where that is, or at least have heard of the name. Um, as well as um, not too far away from the Somme, where we went to today. And for our Newfoundland friends, uh, Beaumont-Amal. And we saw that today too. It was very wonderful. Uh, today is uh, the recording, so we're going to give it, this a, a timestamp. This is November eleventh, Remembrance Day, Europe Armistice Day, uh, very special day uh, to anyone who uh, is part of a country that was in World War One, and we experienced that today in many ways. So we were happy to be a part of that. Um, uh, yeah. Well, first of all, uh, give a good little cheers here. Sante, sante. Ah. We're drinking no a nice uh, Le Heron, Le Heron, um, or the Heron Savon Blanc 2017, Cote de Gascogne, Gascogne, Gascogne. Gascogny. gasgogni Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> I knew I was pronouncing it wrong.
1: Yeah.
0: Um yeah, the Colin, how, uh, how take it uh, how, how did you feel about today so far? Like like we wake we wake up about eight thirty, we're getting ready for the day, we need to go to Vimy Ridge for eleven o'clock. We need to be there early.
1: Mm-hmm. So basically our 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 day starts, like you so said we wake up at eight thirty. Uh, we go to the cafe slash bar slash lotto center <laughs> next door mm-hmm. and we ask in super broken French mm-hmm. and then our our uh, our the lady that's serving us, you know, told us in super broken English, um, you know, there's a taxi that could come, you know, grab you and mm-hmm. admit. So mm-hmm. she was nice enough to uh, grab us a, a cab and then uh, this sweet old French man, um and again, it just so French very, very, very little English. He probably said maybe with two words at the absolute most and he was telling us he was waving us over using hand gestures. Like, very hey, fast French too. Oh yeah.
0: I, I I got two words. It was like cafe
1: and Come inside know. In, yeah. yeah. So he was he was sweet enough to uh buy us a uh I guess a cappuccino shot and mm-hmm. that, uh that definitely perked up my morning and Yeah,
0: our spirits for the day. Yeah.
1: So uh cab arrived. We um, we uh, we exit the cab close to um, the memorial. We walk on over, and there's uh, you know tour buses, and um, there's a um, a group of individuals uh, from the Navy, Canadian Navy, uh, specifically out of Halifax. Um,
0: well, they 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 were part of the Halifax uh, ship and the Quebec ship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not.
1: So the the navy from a a Quebec ship and a Halifax ship.
0: I believe both of them are stationed in Halifax, though. that's one of the one of the two major um, seaports in Canada.
1: Yeah, and so um, there's a couple hundred of them that show up, and uh, we're directly behind them, in front of the Vimy Memorial. I was saying <clears throat> just before the, the ceremony started like oh man this is a nice day it's a little windy but there's no rain and blah blah blah. and then boom five minutes later the rain comes but it wasn't as wasn't as heavy as yesterday when we were at the ridge too but um definitely definitely set the tone for the day um and kind of just put us in put us in that mood where that's what the soldiers were, were definitely fighting in and i wouldn't say the day
0: but i know what you mean i would personally say um The ceremony, because about an hour after the ceremony, it was quite nice. Mm -hmm. We experienced pretty decent weather for the rest of the day. But yes, like it was rain, it was wind, it was not enjoyable, but you weather the storm, you think of those who served, what they went through, and we can only fathom what they went through, especially there, so what's what's a little bit of rain and a bit of wind during mm-hmm. that yeah and,
1: yeah and you know the the ceremony was was definitely very nice and to especially be or have have our, have both feet on the ground where a a great battle was once fought um definitely put things into perspective but you know what the ceremony definitely could have been better i know that blooper you tell me about when you're up in ottawa two years ago mm-hmm. and the remembrance day ceremony there was incredible but um the end of the day I have definitely no complaints I mean it was worth it with the the rain and the the wind and <clears throat> everything else in between it was it was honestly beautiful and super emotional and um a lot of Canadians showed up which was awesome mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah it was it was great and then we actually got uh, a cool tour of the of the uh, the trenches there and that was amazing that was super cool and We learned a lot of new things that we didn't know before. Yeah, that definitely kept us dry being under there. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. eight meters underground, that will keep you dry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just uh, go back a little bit to the the service. I was a little bit disappointed, um, like like you said, uh, being in Ottawa uh, two years ago, and not even that, but um, I was in. I've also attended remembrance day ceremonies in Victoria, in British Columbia, as well as Edmonton in Alberta, where I actually got to see my my friend um, Nathan Styles march. And another time, we're going to see my other friend, uh, Matthew Pegliaro, March as well, al- amongst my uh, retired, um, <laughs> that's our white wine, uh, retired uh, brother in uh, on the fire line, Brian Fair, who was once a Princess Patricia Canadian Light Infantry um, member. I, I, I'm sorry, Brian, I cannot remember your rank. I do apologize. Um, but those were a little bit more organized. They had bands, you know, to play the the, the soldiers off. They had, um, you know, people that had spirit where they were cheering them along the way. Uh, I kind of felt a little bit uh, out of place when I was the first one to start clapping and I had to clap for probably about a solid 30 to, 30 seconds to one minute until other people joined in. It was um, rather, rather uh, sad effort. Um, I was rather plead, pleased, pardon me, that once uh, the Canadian National Anthem came up after uh, the French National Anthem and God Save the Queen, that Canadians were uh, full of spirit to sing the National Anthem.
1: Especially since the mic cut out at one point too, so it was kind of cool to hear all the, all the Canadians continue on with the anthem.
0: Definitely felt the soul stir there for sure. Um, it, it is rather nice, you know, like when, when you feel like you're kind of alone – uh, in a foreign land, even though you are on technically Canadian soil being at Vimy Ridge, it is nice to see other people like jump in and know the words and sing along with you. You know, you, we were talking about this today is almost kind of like a, a hockey game in the sense where we all just jump in and show that pride, which, you know, we all have. You know, Canadians are very proud people and right, rightfully so, so in these uh, battlefields that we've uh, explored in the, the past week or so. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I just I truly felt that there could have been a better presence. You know, there was no no one to recite in Flanders Field. Mm I I've watched the you know the Remembrance Day ceremony before where they'd play the Vimy Ridge Memorial Service before the one in Ottawa. You know, Mm -hmm. you know every every Remembrance Day they'd play um, uh, on CBC. You know, Peter Mansbridge would be there for, for my generation, amongst others. Um, they would show the Vimy Ridge slash Beaumont Amel, uh, Remembrance Day service, and then slowly progress to the, the service in Ottawa as it built up. Now, it looks so glorious, and I was so excited to share this, especially on the 100-year anniversary of the Armistice signed, uh, you know, the Treaty of Versailles. And I was very excited to experience this, witness it, mm-hmm. and not saying that I'm disappointed for coming all this way, because I truly was happy to um, you know, cross off Vimy Ridge Remembrance Day off my unofficial bucket list, but I was really hoping for a little bit more professionalism from the organizers, not bashing the uh the um the war veterans um or the um Veteran Affairs employees that work at the uh, the Vimer Ridge Memorial site, but the people and there are people that organize it, but it, they they you know there should have been a band, there should have been more members, there should have been better organization to get the group of civilians together. You know, I think we're quite spread out. There's people at the the back side of it. There's people on the sides. You know, it looked quite thin. Um, I don't know. It was. In the end of the, at the end of the day, I was very happy to be there. I was very happy to be there beside one of my good friends, you know, um, that I've that I've fought fire with on the fire line, uh, and wore a uniform, a different one uh, than than you know one you'd wear in combat, but mm-hmm. still the same. Um, you know, you're, you're you're working hard and you're working in dangerous conditions, and we're there, and we both have roots and connections to the armed forces. And we have that respect, Colin. You did lots of research and um, you know, papers in in post secondary about the First World War and the, the Canadian nationalism in uh, the early twentieth century. So, I just was I was personally, you know, as a a, a, a war enthusiast uh, for for you know, a war history enthusiast, I should say, expecting a little bit more. And yeah, I agree. I, 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 I think that it could have been, you know. Not not boastful, but really, I don't know, full of pride. You know, it, it
1: definitely is, especially as a student of history. Or was a student of history. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, the expectations are a little bit higher, but at the end of the day, I couldn't have been you know more proud to be there. Um, but yeah, it just it just kind of felt like another Remembrance Day ceremony for me and it, it was weird because, me of one. because i'm in like i'm in france i'm in france i'm like i'm in vimy bridge france and i'm thinking of it as just being in school mm-hmm. you know staying there for two minutes once eleven eleven hit and boom that's it mm-hmm. right it, it was it was i mean there's time for i had to kind of just you know think to myself no no you're you're in france this is completely different but it was um and on top of the conditions too, <laughs> it was, it was kind of shitty like that too, but.
0: I was waiting for a stirring
1: speech you know, from too. some politician or member or something like
0: that. Yeah, like some, somebody, not, some they figure. Weren't, they weren't present at no, all. They so. No, nobody was. I was very, uh, very upset. Like we, we had some representative of the RCMP, uh, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. We had some representative of the Ontario uh, Provincial, Provincial Police, Police yeah. as well. Uh, we had many members of the Navy. Um Air Force, Princess Patricia's,
1: yeah, Army, yeah. Royal Canadian
0: Regiment, like there, there could have been some speeches, <clears> you know, told, and I'm sure there were some veterans around too. Thankfully, there was, um, the man that we met, um, uh, Don, Don, the Piper, the, the bagpiper, he yeah. played uh, a wonderful, yeah. uh, bagpipes there. He, he was very friendly to, uh, yeah. uh, shout out to Don. We got to meet him a little bit afterwards, um, you know, thankfully he was there. I think he just came there on his own dollar. Like, I don't think he was really asked to come out there. Yes. So, if he didn't yeah. show up, then there would be no pipes there, which would have been awful. Like, I, I know, I'm not sure about you, but I'm one to tear up any time that the pipes are playing, especially in a, a war memorial situation. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, ew. it was a very heavy day for me, regardless, but I just felt there could have been more. And just showing some light or shedding some light on the situation. Um, we were waiting for a train. Mm-hmm. Um uh, after after exploring a little bit more of the area, we got dropped off um from from a, a newfound acquaintance in um Albert, uh France, and waiting for a train and they had fireworks going off. I've never seen that before on Rem Remembrance no, Day in Canada. They were celebrating the armistice because either I mean like, I never asked anybody, but I'm guessing one, because they're happy about peace, and then two they're celebrating 100 years after the Great War where they were able to fend off you know, an enemy trying to conquer them. And they were proud of it mm-hmm. and celebrating with fireworks. As Canadians, we don't really celebrate with fireworks, but this is what I'm talking about is that we could show a little bit more panache in this, this service here overseas and show the community around the area that we aren't just, you know, a saltine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you know a soda cracker we actually have a bit of flair
1: mm-hmm.
0: where we could show hey we have a, a band you know a brass band to play some music like i'm not sure what the cost is or if they were concerned about that mm-hmm. but it's just 100 years since the armistice was signed in the treaty uh, for, uh, in versailles in that railway car
1: yeah man but we're still we're here, man. Mm-hmm. We're Bimmy Ridge, and that was. Uh, I'm not
0: disappointed about that whatsoever. But thing.
1: Um, we'll see what happens in future remember, see, No, totally no.
0: And there's been wonderful ones here held yeah. before. Yeah. Uh, especially like after the restoration and everything. am one of my friends, uh, Nathan Stiles, a good friend of mine from high school, uh, from elementary. He's a, he was also uh, he's now a retired member of the PPCLI Princess Patricia's. Um, and he came here from Rembrandt's Day and he thought it was wonderful. So I'm just curious, like, did they know the rain was coming? So they didn't plan so much. I don't know, but it, we, we, we got to explore the, 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 trenches and the tunnels, which was very cool. I thought that was really nice. Mm-hmm. We got to meet a lot of veterans, uh, a lot of people serving, which was very humbling and also very rewarding in my mind. Yeah. Um, it, it was really good to just meet people, thank them for their service, shake their hand, Congratulate them, men and women. Um, wish them a good time, you know, doing some more games here in Europe, and you know, a safe journey home.
1: Yeah, especially since they don't. Uh, talking to a couple of them, they don't get home till early January. Yeah, so, I mean, January. They're uh, they're away from home for Christmas, so I'm sure that's definitely tough. But at the same time, I mean, they're seeing a lot of the world at the same time. And, mm-hmm. um, well, and we have some we, pros and cons.
0: We have a mutual friend, Will Haley. He who served in the Navy. Yes, sir. Yeah, so I'm sure he felt the same uh, and went through the same experiences too. And so we thank him and I would like to thank some of my friends um, right off the top of my head. Brian Fair, Sean Gillis, Nathan Stiles, uh, Will Haley, um, guys in the reserves that served were uh, Thomas Patchman, Sheldon Neustadner uh I know there's a few more I apologize but uh Johnny English you know uh, my <laughs> brother's former brother-in-law he yeah. was uh in the RAF as an engineer so yeah. he's a good I, guy I, but yeah call him you know something. yeah I want to
1: I want to make a big shout out to my buddy uh and uh fellow or he's an airman in uh in the air force uh, Ian Wilson um doing everyone proud over there buddy um and Owen Mall um I was actually the first person he ever met in high school, so um, that always stuck with me. And um, he's out of Hamilton, I think. it's Aragallo Sutherlanders? Sutherlanders, okay, Sutherlanders or something. Anyway, um, so yeah, he's out of Hamilton, Ontario. <coughs> uh, so shout out to Owen and uh, Mister Ian Trudy Wilson.
0: I'll Also throw one, uh, a couple more out. Uh, Matthew mm-hmm. Pagliaro, he's still serving right now. Um, really good guy. Uh, him and I have some good debates when we get a little bit tipsy. Um, also retired veteran or retired veteran veteran uh Michael Lewis out of Three Ranges Brewery in Valmont Mm -hmm. retired uh helicopter pilot and kick-ass brewer he just won the gold medal for an IPA in British Columbia for his tail slap IPA um if you haven't heard the interview I did with him it was a three-parter uh we got a few a a little just a little just a little tipsy um over the what five hours we recorded. that was a good time (laughs) um Oh jeez i was gonna say one more too
1: well if you can think about that i'm just gonna make a quick shout out to uh, mr rick pepin um one of my buddy uh my buddy james pepin's father he was in the the air force as well um so again thank you for your service and um yeah luke remember what you're gonna say
0: well there's one more person i was thinking about uh, there, there's so many uh, I, I do apologize for the ones i i have forgotten um you truly aren't forgotten, um, but I also throw it out to my great grandfather, uh, Magnus Anger. He was a Norwegian immigrant to Canada. He moved over, I believe, when he was about fourteen or fifteen. Became a Canadian citizen, enlisted. Um, so just just being fresh to a new country, enlisted on, in the Canadian Army uh, at seventeen years old. He lied about his age. I have his war records where he scratched out his birth year and put a fake one. Because he he was so used to just putting, oh, yeah, 18, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, oh, shit. And he scratched it out and put a fake one there. And they let him in anyway. He was a machine gunner. He operated a Vickers machine gun. um, And he fought in Passchendaele and the Somme. He was wounded in the Somme and had to go back home. Uh, I didn't really know him too well. I think I met him him when I was very, very young. But he carried his wartime scars with him. Um, Very, very heavy. So... I hope, uh, he's at peace now, but yeah, as far as I understand, he was a a pretty hardworking guy and I just couldn't imagine, you know, at 17 years old, just fighting for a country that you're very new to and going back to Europe after you just got to North America, you know, to fight, uh, the so-called enemy.
1: Yeah. That's, um, I, I just can't believe the travel. I mean, it's so easy nowadays for us to just fly here and there, but for him to, yeah, that's, there's that's one hell of a journey just to get from Norway to Canada oh God. and then back into France. So <laughs> you're, you're just setting shop up, you and, know? And, you know, especially when he was 14, 15 years old. I mean, that guy mm-hmm. was a man before I'll ever be one. So.
0: Well, and let, let's take it back a little bit. So, um, we left left off um, the previous episode in Belgium. Uh, since then, we were also... Well, we, we just arrived in Ypres and we were about to do some... Um, Traveling around the Ypres countryside to different World War One uh, monuments and memorials and um, cemeteries and everything. So, we our first stop the day after our podcast was Essex Farm Cemetery, which is made famous for Lieutenant John McCrae for writing in Planters Field fields. Sorry, in Planders Fields, he wrote it on site, and there are a number of. Um, Not just Canadian soldiers, but many uh, Allied soldiers buried there. And one, uh, I forget his initials here, but Strudwick, I know his last name, he was 15 years old. He's the youngest soldier to be buried at that cemetery site. I could not imagine any 15-year-old nowadays or in my time or in my father's time serving in an army. 15 years old. What were you doing at 15
1: I was playing hockey and hanging out at school, man.
0: I was playing video games and yeah, I don't know, listening to some forty one.
1: That's it. Yeah, that's and I mean,
0: to be that mature and that confident to sign up to something that you had no idea.
1: I mean, it it was a great adventure too. It was an adventure. That was the big sell, and it was another serve your country. for people to to travel I guess too but at the same time they're like they had no idea what they're getting themselves into not and- at all and, and Especially at 15. It, it
0: was so romantic to go to war, right? You know, you leave your lover behind. You go to war. Oh, I'll be back. You're in uniform. You know, you have you might have a mustache at 15 years old. You don't have... Well, maybe one guy I know from high school mm-hmm. has a mustache. But, um, you know, you, you leave. It's so romantic, right? And you come back and you're a hero. And it, it, it truly was uh, an honor to go to war and fight for your country. But at 15, like... I, man, I didn't know my ass from my head at that time. Mm-hmm. And just to have that confidence in those balls to go over and explore and everything and be one of the guys. And World War One, as we know, was not a pretty war. It was ugly. It was trenches. It was mud. People died in the mud without even being shot at. Like they're just walking to the battlefield and they'd slip and fall and they couldn't get out. There were horses that were stuck in the mud, twisted their legs and just drowned. The horses caught in the barbed wire men caught in the barbed wire chemical warfare mm-hmm. it wasn't a pretty war and that's where a lot of people found and accepted shell shock you know or PTSD beforehand yeah I'm sure I, I'm sure PTSD has been a thing since the dawn of war but it wasn't really understood until World War one where it's like wow these people are actually mentally ill now because of what has actually happened Mm -hmm. and they didn't actually accept um, PTSD as a disease to be cared for until recent years, Mm -hmm. just a few years ago, you know, and provincially not even as a whole country. It's been provincially has been accepted across the country, which has been kind of a a terrible thing for our country. I, I would say personally, so, Going back to this, this young man, like 15 years old, like going to war and, and, and honestly perishing. Like it's just something else to think about. Like, and and let, me, let me tell you, um, like his tombstone was just littered with teddy bears, um, uh, poppy crosses, poppies themselves, Canadian flags. It was, it was nice to see that people are truly thinking about this, uh, this individual.
1: Yeah, um, and um, along with the the cemetery, there was the uh, the John McRae uh, dressing station, which was super interesting and it was kept in it's kept intact very well. Um, so, as Canadians should know, uh, John McRae was um, also a doctor when it came uh, to wartime as well. Um, so this station was essentially a central hub for uh, wounded and very, very severely injured, uh, soldiers to come and, uh, get their wounds and injuries treated by the man himself, Mr. John McCrae, Um, and it was, again, another, another, uh, another structure that paid tribute to, uh, not only his, uh, his beautiful, his beautiful poem, but, um, his, his incredible, uh, war efforts as well. And, um yeah it was kind of eerie as well to see i don't know if it was uh, i don't know if it was confirmed or not but there's some etching on the cement walls within the dressing uh uh, building there and it said something about like 1916, 1917 so you know a little eerie again it could be some piece who knows how long it was open to the public it could be some piece of shit tourist (laughs) Uh, etching his or her name in there. But um, again, makes you think. I mean, that, no, that, that, totally. structure, that structure's been around for a hundred years.
0: And I'm not sure how many people know this, but uh, it was after the death of one of his friends, he started writing the poem. Mm-hmm. He just went away from the, the dressing area and just wanted to get away from people. And he just had this spur of, you know, words come out of his head and translate on paper. And it, it, there's a Canadian Heritage moment that captures the, mm-hmm. the moment mm-hmm quite nicely um but it, it just shows you like what happens when you're just in the you know the, the heat of war and someone that you truly love and care about you know goes away you know it's snuffed out like a flame um it's 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 hard you know like I, I couldn't imagine I I Thankfully, I haven't uh, been to a point where I've lost a friend and I've never been in a point where I've lost a friend in my occupation, but I, I, I could not imagine. And I'm sure that there would be an overwhelming surge of feeling and emotion that would come over me. And yeah, maybe the best way to um, heal mm-hmm. is to translate it on paper. Yeah. But like, it, it is truly a beautiful thing to think of how one of his friends, you know, was... Um, killed in, in action, and he started writing. You know, for all mm-hmm. all the deceased, you know, all yeah. the all the all the killed and all the slain in the war. And the way I see it too is that it's not just about the Canadians or the British or the French. It's <laughs> it's the Germans too. It's the Austrians. It's the um, it's the Russians. It's anyone that served in any war. Like you know, just get past what's going on and just move on. And but remember. Like get through this terrible thing and remember what has happened and who served. Like never forget these sacrifices, and that goes for any side. And that is another thing I really appreciate. We did a in Flanders Fields um, museum tour in ypres. and Let me just say, ypres is a beautiful city. I think it's highly underrated in Belgium. If you come to Belgium to travel, you must go to Yper and just walk around the city itself. It is. A beautiful city it's not too busy except in the city center where people are relentless to drive uh, even though they shouldn't and there's a lot of little uh, two-stroke
1: mini bikes yeah, driving there's, around there's a lot kind of, of question marks <laughs> center, for sure. it's, it's
0: quite aggravating with those guys um i digress uh go to the museum and i was very happy that they portrayed both sides because in my mind world war one wasn't just you know, a clear enemy, you know, like in World War II, um, where you had two people that were very, very evil and the rest of the world was against them. It was more of, you know, like uh, he said, she said, what? Like, I don't, I, it was It was very confusing and a lot of treaties and muddled and everything. So uh, it was nice to see that the Russian, sorry, the Germans weren't painted as the complete... Devil that they used to be in early propaganda, yeah. And they were like, "Hey, these were people too," you know. Like they talked about the Christmas truce.
1: Yeah, it was, which is um, a wonderful story. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a very gentlemanly, um, I guess you could say, war. I mean, the the incredible amount of respect on both sides um, was was evident. So um, again. See what uh, Eper did and what Lupus said about respecting both sides, portraying both sides as you know fighting for a cause, and um, whether it was good or bad. I mean, there was there was still immense respect. I mean, soldier to soldier, brother to brother, sister to sister, I and mean, there's mm-hmm. there's always. Um, some level of respect
0: and there, a lot of respect towards the doctors and nurses as well. Yes. Um, you know, like the, the, there's many times when the nurses are forgotten in their war efforts, but you know, and the doctors too, like they, they were the backbone, you know, if they weren't there, their armies would have failed, you know, like they've been overrun. So they, they did a good job, like thanking all, aspects of war you know even the runners you know run messages back and forth too everyone was really uh brought up even um at the end too of the, of the tour they mentioned uh, a whole section towards the japanese
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know and a lot of people forget that they were on the allies they were in the league of nations league of nations and part of the signing of the treaty of versailles and deciding how the world was going to look afterwards with the new borders and the new border changes. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, after Essex Farm uh, Cemetery, we continued biking, and the next stop, I believe, was Passchendaele.
1: Brooded, brooded
0: soldier. The brooding, uh, the brooding soldier, mm-hmm. uh, which is another very striking monument. Um, my God, um, I, 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 Vimy to me is a wonder of Canada. You know, you have your wonders of the world. This is truly a wonder of Canada. The brooding soldier is right up there too. Mm-hmm. It is. I don't want to say it's simple but it's 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 very effective and it's not complex yeah, you know you see some works of art and some statues or busts and they're very complex and it seems the artist tries or, or the sculptor tries really hard to do this or that or whatnot. but it's effective it's somber it's humbling it's sobering it's it hits you in the heart
1: honestly yeah it was it was you know it's, it's 10 meters of Quebec courts and um again yeah like we said it's a very simple structure of a uh, a soldier looking down um but it, yeah you just you honestly just can't do anything but just stand and look or at least bow your head down with him mm-hmm.
0: um it's contagious it's
1: yeah and, and you feel almost like it's felony to leave you know some of these monuments because they're just so deep and um whether you know people in the armed forces or not i mean you just want to stand and 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 the day that we had to it's a beautiful beautiful bluebird day not a cloud in the sky it was Mm -hmm. absolutely an incredible day to bike around in the truly lucky fields of flanders but yeah it was it was it was an incredible monument and
0: And not just that, but it's hard not to run into people there and just start talking to them or them talking to you and you just start talking about whatever. I don't think there was a monument that we didn't say one or two words to somebody else while walking by.
1: Agreed, yeah.
0: Uh, Throughout Belgium, when we're going around Ypres, we'd run into, you know, (laughs) we're always being chased or, um, you know, following uh, a school group. There were lots of yeah, yeah. classes that were, uh, you know, going here or there or whatever. So we'd bump into them; they'd bump into us, kind of thing. So it was always kind of hard to find a good picture uh, at many of the monuments that are a bit more popular. So, like t- um, after the Brooding Soldier, we went to Passchendaele Memorial. And Mm -hmm. that that was very good. I was happy to go there. My great-grandfather fought there, so that felt really nice. And Passchendaele was also really special. Mm -hmm. Um, That was one of the first. uh, uh, St. Julian, I believe, was the first one for a gas attack. But Passchendaele was very popular for their gas attack, too, because um, one of their commanders, when the gas attack came, and I believe it was chlorine gas, uh, he commanded his troops Mm -hmm. to piss in their handkerchiefs Mm -hmm and cover their mouths with a handkerchief because it would counteract the chlorine gas and neutralize it as best as it could. And they would still fight off the Germans who were in full gas mask and they were able to fend them off on multiple waves. So that's one of the spots where the Canadians became notorious as very uh, fierce fighters and resilient to uh, constant attacks and, not just that, but shock attacks. So shock mm-hmm. troops, or stormtroopers, or gas, or uh, sorry, chemical attacks. I should say. So that was a moment where mm-hmm. that solidified the Canadian reputation, which was you know quite a, quite amazing and remarkable of the, those um, soldiers to stand on their ground and listen to their instructor and not uh, not uh, you know fade back. Um, after the Passionville Memorial, we went to the Tynecott. This this is all on bike too, we're biking around. It was it was a beautiful day yeah, to bike. Yeah. Uh Tynecott, the largest World War One cemetery for um, the Allied forces in the world. Huge. Massive. Did, did you do you recall
1: how many graves might have been there? Um I think there was upwards of um, <clears throat> like eighteen or nineteen thousand, but uh, I think only a
0: lot of the headstones have two names. Yeah.
1: I think only about eight or 9,000 actually had the headstone only had names. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, there was a special, um, at least on the legend that outlined the whole cemetery, uh, show these, the, the, these special, um, memorials. Um, and I would say 90% of those headstones were Canadians, mm-hmm. um, uh, depicted on, on, on the headstones. So, it was kind of a cool feeling to, to see the, uh, the Canadians get a nice, um, I, I don't know. Section. Section that was just theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this, this, cemetery, this cemetery is massive. Mm-hmm. And it listed just countless numbers of Scots, Irish, Welsh, uh, Brits. And and, and and Muslims, Jews, Jews, and yeah, yeah, so it was, it was an incredible ceremony and the absolute uh, care and uptake um, that these cemeteries uh, get is incredible. So these are just like picturesque, just absolutely beautiful um,
0: cemeteries. And the design, like, Mm -hmm. it's not just like, yeah, this is a, this is a cemetery come here and let's not, you know, let's not uh, forget to mention like there are cemeteries littered in the area
1: yeah yeah
0: this is the thing is that there are cemeteries reserved for c- different countries like we we rode by an american cemetery rode by an irish cemetery rode by kiwi, a Austrian, kiwi one australian
1: australian, australian
0: yeah. as well a german one yep. like they're littered in the area and those are simple and respect still but still respectful um but like this these these bigger ones like the Tyne cot is just
1: you can't spend. Uh, you can. You, you have to spend at least an hour there. You, you could actually, spend a
0: whole day there. You could,
1: yeah, but I mean, like, and
0: not and not feel bored or feel like no. you wasted your time.
1: And it's not like you have to say a single word. You just you need to just walk around or just. Stand it's there hard to just, say a word. <laughs> and you just need to stand there and kind of just like not only looking at the headstones themselves, but just around, like outside of the cemetery. Like this was all a battlefield at one point. Mm-hmm. So it is a very eerie feeling and a very. Also, satisfying feeling at the same time that these soldiers have been laid to rest and uh, known unto God. Mm-hmm. As in most of the headstones. Uh,
0: That's most of what they say, yeah. yeah. And then after caught, we biked over to Hill 62. Cool. That was a private museum. Um, so there was a, a collector, and I, I kind of have mixed, mixed feelings about it, you know, like. Um,
1: it's kind of messy.
0: It wasn't the most organized and it smelled like darts um, but you know at the same time I understand and I give them applause for having a collection like that. They worked really hard to find those things and uh, those those items and artifacts or collect them and or acquire them and I think they do it really ju- uh, real justice and I think they really do respect it and appreciate. Each and every one of those items so. yeah
1: and i mean there's priceless amounts of of you know uh wartime artifacts there and then the the preservation of the the trenches too that were uh, at hill 62 um so that was kind of a, a cool feeling that we we both got to experience our first uh world war one uh i guess unofficial trench tour um, we kind of just did it ourselves but it was kind of cool to see our first uh our first real crater holes and just mm-hmm. kind of like mm-hmm. a raw, um, world war one. Uh, but I do feel even if it was just a small chunk.
0: Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, it was interesting, you know, uh, I've got to go through some of the tunnels and very muddy, but
1: not still, you
0: know, I'm not, I'm not the tallest person here calling you stand at what? Six, three. Yeah. Yeah. And you were very crouched over. I was still very crouched over yep. too. So, um, yeah, it was very interesting. Uh, and yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not sure how accurate they are to the, the time, but yeah, we, we all know that people back then were a lot shorter than we are uh, on, on the (laughs) average. So, you know, it's, it's crazy to think, you know, like this is where they would hide or, uh, from, from a shelling of (laughs) artillery from the enemy, or they would start preparing, you know, this tunnel to get to the other side and surprise the enemy with, uh, an underground ambush
1: yeah and um and then the cemetery itself um that was that was actually an, an incredible spot mm. because it gave this nice uh panoramic view of not only just endless views of belgian farmland and just uh just rolling hills but i uh, gave a cool um view of, of outside view of Ypres as well um and then they also the um the actual hill itself giving you know the eyes of what uh uh the Germans uh, saw on, mm-hmm. on, on on the Canadian soldiers in, in mm-hmm. the forest there on the hill so um and then yeah and then you know Lupa and I were you know like oh so why would they pick this spot and this and that it, it was kind of cool to kind of put ourselves in this this hill this yeah. position to see like okay why would they make this decision mm-hmm. instead of that and so um it's kind of cool to reflect on that
0: and as you're biking up you're like oh because like, we're getting tired as we're biking uphill I'm like okay yeah this is a this is a strategic point this that's for a sure yeah mm-hmm. this yeah. is a hill you can see so much like Passchendaele. oh my goodness like that was always a, it was described as a war of mud you know like it, you, you would have to defeat the mud before you could defeat the germans but like it, the the reward was was massive because you could really see um so much of where the enemy would be laid out and the reconnaissance would be uh capital in the in your war efforts for sure um after that Mm we went to hill 60 that was cool that was very cool um they had a big caterpillar mortar uh yeah.
1: Um, yeah and um what was it a british a british family that uh, actually bought
0: yes and they the kept it intact
1: yeah so it wasn't uh, it hasn't been touched i mean there's sheep on there that graze yep. on
0: yeah but <laughs> the grass but uh, no no edits or uh, man-made uh, or man corrections that's for sure man-made corrections uh it's all just lived with mortars and some you know subtle trenches here and there and, and stuff boxes and exactly yeah
1: so it was that was that was super nice uh yeah again it it's even though it kind of looks like the same thing, every other, you know, Memorial or preserved battlefield that we go to, but I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, you just stand there and you just, you walk around as well. And you like, how the hell did they get through all this stuff?
0: No, like, and like, we, we, it, you, you, you can't put yourself in that situation. You can only just imagine as much as you possibly can by, just thinking about the movies or the clips or the videos or the stories that you've heard or seen because you can never picture that. Like it's, it's, it's like trying to picture yourself walking amongst the dinosaurs. Honestly, like it is, it's impossible. It's honestly impossible. Yeah. You can't do it. Even if you were in war nowadays, it's almost impossible to think of like what they were going through before. I heard a really nice quote, um, which I guess is, you can take what it it, is. Take Take it for what it is. Uh, I thought it was quite beautiful and poetic how this uh, soldier put it. But he was, about, he was talking about Vimy Ridge and the shelling of artillery from the Germans. And he said, if I were to put my hand up, I would touch a ceiling of sound. Now, that's poetry in motion, if, if you ask me. like that is, that is great imagery because you can feel sound. We've all been there, where we've we've felt you know the bass echo from a speaker or something like that. But to to have something that could kill you, obliterate you, and you're describing it as you know like oh if I put my hand up in the in the in the in the air you know reach for the sky, I would feel this ceiling of sound, and I, I just thought that was the perfect imagery and at whatever, however you want to take it, it is uh, to me it kind of put me in to where he was temporarily mm-hmm. so
1: yeah so I um this has definitely been a super uh emotional part of uh, our trip and um I could be more happy and thankful to to be here and I mean I think after we went to to hill 60 there we went back in Ypres and got a couple pints and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: we had a, we had a couple of pints in, uh, in Ypur and we went uh, to got, got some groceries and some extra beers and went back to the uh, back to the Airbnb and just chilled out there, and just relaxed and talked about our day and talked about what was to come. And, no, it was, it was it was a beautiful last few days in Belgium. We were very thankful for that. And we're looking forward to our next stop in the Vimy Ridge area. And we're at our Airbnb in Avion, France, and we're enjoying our time here too. It was a wonderful day today. We both were looking so forward to remember to stay here, and I think we were both happy with, with with what it, with how it came out, even though, you know, like we both agree it could have been better, but still, like, I'm with a good friend of mine, I'm in a place I've always wanted to be, and on a day I've always wanted to be here. We've met some wonderful people. We've been to some nice places. We got to experience another country's um,
1: way of commemorating.
0: Yeah, yeah. like Their, their uh, customs of their Armistice Day, fireworks, celebration. You know, there was a flag that they designed with all the allied forces, you know, like and even the British Commonwealth, that was all going around a flag. They are, truly are, you know, like the one guy at a bar he told us, uh, vive la Canadien. And, you know, I told him vive la France and we shook hands. And that was it. And we didn't do anything. Neither one of us nor Colin were a part of that war or any war and we were still respectful to one another and appreciated what one country has done for the other in history. So, you know, all I'll ask you guys to do is hopefully hopefully you took your time on Remembrance Day or Arms to Stay or whatever your country may call it. And remember the fallen. Remember those who served or who are serving. Uh be thankful for those who sacrificed their lives or their uh their time for freedom. If you have a friend that's in service right now, or, um, oh, sorry. If you have a friend that's in service right now, please thank him or her. even buy him a beer or a wine, whatever they like. It's it, I, I take it as a true honor, uh, to have a friend that serves. It's a beautiful thing. I've always respected the armed forces. Um, they do a lot of great things, you know, however you feel, if, you, if you're, if you you know, uh, all peace, no war, you know, if we didn't have soldiers, you know, like wars could have been a lot worse. So they play their part, you know, we're, we're not a warring nation where we look for a fight. So, you know, thank a veteran. You know, if you have a local legion nearby and you're kind of like, oh man, like, I wish I had a, a grandfather or great grandfather or great grandmother I could talk to about their time in the war, and, but you don't, I can tell you right now, there's probably a hundred uh, veterans that are willing to talk to you right now and tell you some stories or tell you some life experience. They want to share, you know, like they just want to see that there's somebody interested. And if they pa- if they fade away, then their stories fade too. So keep those memory memories alive. There's some help. There's some great stories there. I'll throw it out there too. There's a great uh, Patreon supported uh, miniseries on YouTube called The Great War. Every week from 1914 to 1918, 100 years later, so 2014 to 2018, they cover every week of World War One, and they cover certain countries, certain uh, main characters, weapons of the war. Um, and it's it's very, 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 very interesting. So I ask you to check that out if you're Canadian. There's some really, 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 really cool knowledge there. If you want to see some extra stuff, just type in Vimy Ridge, some Passchendaele. Uh, there's a Passchendaele movie Paul Gross directed. It's a good romantic movie with uh, a good war scene at the end. Um yeah, like this is this is just World War 1. We're going to check out some uh some World War 2 stuff tomorrow. I'm going to go to Caen, um K-N, up in Normandy, you know, Juno Beach, Omaha Beach, Utah, Gold Sword,
1: Dieppe.
0: Dieppe as well. That's going to be heavy. Um so that's yeah, we're just covering World War 1 more more so in this podcast. So just yeah, please. I, I implore you, do your part in Canadian history or your your war history of your country that you're from. There's some fantastic stories, and you can be proud. You know, you should be proud. Colin.
1: Yeah, um, there is. There, there's not much left for me to say about World War One and um, this experience that I've shared with you this far. Um, it's definitely something I will definitely remember for the rest of my life, um, and it puts puts things into perspective um, and how good we do have it compared to those who fought for um, our freedom, um, whether it was in World War One or World War Two and I think um, the day we're, just, we're, we're super blessed super happy to be here and we're able to visit and pay tribute and, uh, and our respects to those who have fallen for our, our freedom so um, I'm looking forward to um, diving into some more history and um, continuing on our, our adventure here and heading up the beaches in Normandy tomorrow
0: I can't wait for that either Colin um, I'll leave it at this Uh, Two great quotes, one being uh, one soldier saying, uh, after the Battle of Ingrid, I witnessed the birth of a nation. Also, oh, well, before I finish my other quote, I'll say this for a bit. I wanted to say that we went to Beaumont Amal to our Newfoundlander uh, listeners and some of my good Newfoundland friends. Uh, It was beautiful. I... Can't express how much happiness I had that I was there. It is a very well done uh, war memorial, a beautiful monument, the Caribou. Newfoundland was its own colony at the time, still, it was not part of the Dominion of Canada. So there was the Newfoundlanders and then the Canadians. And during Beaumont Amel, it was their worst war tragedy um, still to this day. There was around 800 soldiers and by the end of uh, the battle, their roll call was only 86 members that were still... Yeah, there's one of our two-stroke friends there right go. there. Jeez. Oh yeah, rev it up, bud. Um, pardon me. So... They lost 90% of their force. They were given the status Royal Newfoundland Regiment, which has only happened twice in wartime. And I think the entire Commonwealth respects them thoroughly. It is a hell of a province, and at the time it was a hell of a fucking colony. Those boys and men fought their heart out, and they... They gave everything they possibly could, and I was very, very happy to go there. We were all given flowers and asked by Veteran Affairs, um, Veteran, Veteran Affairs, correct? Yep. Yeah, to lay down these flowers on uh, on a gravesite. And I looked for some last names that I might recognize from my Newfoundland friends. I couldn't find any, so I just picked a gravesite that didn't have a flower. I think you did the same column. Yep, I did. Um, <laughs> And no, I was uh, I was very happy to be there. I thankfully, we were able to get a ride out there. It was a bit of a a um, a voyage from Vimy Ridge, so we were we were lucky enough to get out there. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, my my last quote, just to to reinforce my statement of uh, the birth of a nation. Another soldier said, "We went up the ridge as Albertans and Nova Scotians." We came down as Canadians. Thank you, everyone. My name is Andrew.